Well, hello, welcome to church. My name is Lucas, I'm one of the pastors here. Really excited you decided to join us today. Wherever you're watching from at whatever time, thanks for tuning in. We're in a great series, it's called Summer Mixtape. It's uh, basically a look at all of our favorite Psalms, different preachers, looking at the book of Psalms and just kind of picking our favorites and really giving it to our whole congregation, wherever you may be watching from. I do gotta say on a quick side note, I'm kind of the best ever when it comes to making playlists. Like the staff know it, my wife knows it, Pastor Andy knows it. Like he's got the hair, I got the playlist. This is kind of our, our, our work in tandem sort of thing. It happens at, honestly, it happens at staff meeting. I'll unplug somebody's phone and put mine in because I think mine's better. I, I used to send songs and playlists, burnt CDs, anyone? Remember those days? I used to send those via mail from Kelowna to Victoria to woo my now wife at the time. It was just filled with country songs and love songs and whatever songs I could find because I just love making playlists. There's something about songs, playlists, poetry even, that really speak to us. I think it speak to, speaks to us now in this season where we're, I don't know, sometimes stuck at home for a long time or long car rides where we just need a song to wash over us, to really fill our soul, to energize us again. Worship, our, the worship playlist we put out early on in COVID were, were very highly watched and viewed. And so there's something about the Psalms that really speak. I think maybe because it hits all of us, it kind of speaks to every age, every demographic. And so we've been really excited to go through this book with you. I'm gonna be at Psalm 127 today. I encourage you to grab your Bible. Maybe you need to dust it off from graduation. Maybe this is the season you really get into it. Lean in, mark it up a little bit. We're gonna read it together. It's only five verses and I'm excited to, to preach, with it, uh, preach it today with you. Uh, this, is a, this is a psalm that kind of has two main, uh, I would say, thoughts and perspectives, or at least two, two potential authors that offer different perspectives. One being psalm, and you'll see right at the top, it says, a song of ascents, meaning it was a song that they would sing, people would sing on the way to Jerusalem, up the hill, on the way up to the tabernacle, whatever it may be. It's a song that they would sing in preparation for what they were going to receive. Now, it says of Solomon, and this could actually mean two things. One, it could be from Solomon, or two, it could actually be for Solomon in the original language, meaning it was David writing to his son, which gives us a really unique perspective. It gives us both two different people, both related, like King David, his son, King Solomon. One is the wisest who ever lived, who's had everything. Solomon lived lavishly, like had anything and everything he could have ever wanted, which gives us an interesting perspective when you hear the rest of the psalm. It could also be David, who kind of wrote it in preparation, knowing what his son was like, knowing what kind of king he would be like, trying to remind him, fatherly advice to son, to future king. And it gives us two really unique perspectives that I want you to keep in mind as we read this entire Psalm. One being a king, again, after God's own heart, David, the wisest man who lived, King Solomon on this side, potentially both could have been a part of this. And I want to read it together with those men in mind. Starting in verse one. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. So we'll stop there for a second. Right off the top, the writer's saying something really, really profound. One, unless the Lord, you can't really miss that in these first two words, like lines, like unless he's a part of it, unless the Lord is involved in it, you're going to labor in vain. You're going to stay up late in vain. You're going to watch over the city in vain. What's he saying? He's saying, we need the Lord. Church, GT, we need Jesus. It's the simplest, most profound reminder in whatever season you may find yourself in, whether you're back at work or looking for work, whether, whether you're able to kind of relax in the summer or not, we need our Savior. We need Jesus in our life. We need the Holy Spirit speaking to us. He's gotta be the center of it all. And this is what the writer's trying to say. Look, I'm not playing around. If, if, unless you build it with him, 
It happens in vain. This word vain or vanity you may have read in Ecclesiastes, I encourage you. It's a great book to read. Maybe you're not right now through the COVID season, but it is, uh, is written by Solomon. And so that's why we can kind of see that connection. The word vanity is used 38 times in Ecclesiastes. It means meaningless, pointless, empty, void of all purpose, useless. It's this really heavy word that's saying, listen, unless you have God, it's nothing. Like it doesn't matter. It's not gonna fulfill you. You're gonna miss the point. I think right now in this season, I know I found myself really kind of putting things in boxes and just trying to get it done. I don't know if you ever get that feeling, maybe as a parent, as a dad, whatever, maybe as a, as a young adult, you're just feeling like, I just gotta compartmentalize and I gotta conquer. I just gotta, if I just take care of my money over here, my budgeting, and then I'll just make sure to make lunches for the kids, and then I gotta make sure to help this, and I gotta get, drop off the kids there, and then I gotta pick them up here, and I gotta get to work, and I gotta have this, and I gotta have my mental health time, I gotta have my physical time, I gotta get to the gym, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta it just becomes this massive thing. And it, I'm talking so fast because it just, it really adds up, doesn't it? In your mind, it just becomes like tick, 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 and it just doesn't stop. And if I just take care of it, and I conquer that, and I do enough of this, and I get out enough, then I'll be fine. And we have this culture that has started up in us of self-reliance. And on one end, we would say it's really good because it helps you push through. And another side, I would say, friends, we need Jesus. I think practicing reliance on Jesus in a self-reliant culture feels very counterintuitive. And so we begin to have this struggle with ourselves: Am I doing enough? Am I being, am I being complacent? Friends, rely on Jesus in everything you have. It's the way it's meant to be. We should actually feel free of that stress, that weight, letting know that, God, you are in control. I give my life to you. We sang last week, take my life, Lord, and let it be. Like, I follow you. Friends, there are times where I have worked very hard and succeeded, but haven't had God in the process and felt unfulfilled. And there's times I've worked very hard and missed it and felt kind of useless and insecure. But when God has been at the center of the process, no matter the result, you always come out feeling like you have someone behind you, championing you, which is our God. He does that so well. And yet you learn something from the process. Self-reliance is honestly, I, I, I get concerned with a culture that thinks that they can do it all, that we can take care of ourselves. I must become less, John 3.33. He must become more. He must become greater. We need to continue to elevate God, especially in our life. And it's the most freeing thing you can do now in your life and for the future for you and your kids. Psalm 127.2, it continues on the same path. It is vain, here's that word again, for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Again, to eat the bread of sorrows for he, being God, gives his beloved sleep. How many of you just like, there's days you just need sleep? You're like, I just need to sleep in. If I could just get away and get some real sleep and real rest, that'll, that'll cure it all. That's all, I just need to sleep in a little bit. I'll feel much better if we just do that. There's this idea that Solomon or David is saying, he's saying to his son, or maybe Solomon is seeing in his life now, that even if I stay awake all night long, even if I get up early to solve all of my problems, to do all the things I need to do, I'm still gonna feel stressed. That's what he means by eating the bread of sorrows. Even if I maximize my day, I still may feel the stress for tomorrow. Friends, I realize that stress and anxiety is a very real thing. I don't pretend to know everything I'm talking about. I don't pretend to say that, you know, just, you'll just be fine, just get over it. That's not what I'm saying one bit. I realize that many of us need me, prescriptions, doctors, counselors, coaches, mentors to help us through our anxiety. Please hear my heart in that. 
I do wanna say this. I think stress will always find a way in if you are your only way out. Man, we need the Lord. We need the Lord now. We need him in our day. We need him in our night. You need him in your parenting, in your schooling. You need him in your leadership, in your purpose. It's vain to do without him. We need him. And stress will find a way in our life. It's gonna happen. But it'll continue to happen. And I don't want you to pretend you think there's a way out until we make sure that we aren't our only way out. We need Jesus. It's a healthy reminder that we don't have everything in this world, that we're not perfect, that we need our creator, the one who loves us, who is for us, who wants to support us. I'm suggesting maybe that we take a look in the mirror, that we ask ourselves, what are the areas in my life that I'm really self-dependent? Like almost too self-dependent. They're actually, I'm almost falling off the cliff, if you will, because I'm just trying to do it on my own. Is there an air life I haven't brought my spouse in or a best friend into? Or have never told mom or dad about because I've been worried what they would think. Is there an area in my life where, like, and again, let me say it this way. Labor is a good thing. Working hard is a good thing. Being resilient is a wonderful thing. I just don't want to be someone who's fully dependent on my own strength. And I think that's where the tension lies, where we need to be considering, man, is what I'm depending on dependable? Because I believe that depending on the Lord is the better way. And sometimes we need to ask ourselves these questions, or better yet, ask a friend to, to see, what do you see in me? I had a friend, I had someone I got to work with, bless her, she was the greatest person ever, and she would always come to me and she'd say, listen, tell me my blind spots. Now, that's a very humbling question to ask someone. Tell me, that my, what do you see that I'm doing that other people won't tell me because they're too scared to or whatever it is? What are some blind spots in my life? And there was a humility attached to that. There was a, 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 a trust in the friendship and a vulnerability. And I always admired this person so much that they were willing to say, hey, help me, what do you see? And we would do that for each other. What do you see? What do I see? What am I missing here? Help me to be reliant on Jesus and not reliant on my own strength. Moving on to, to, the, to the next few verses, it changes topic, but it remains on the idea of what are you building and how are you build, what are you building on? It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. You hear that, ladies? Delivery room? It's a reward, I promise. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. This is so good. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. It's this beautiful beautiful poetry of talking about kids and family, how kids are a blessing to us, how are the children that, that come, before, come, come after us, or the generation to come even, maybe not specifically your kids, but the kids, the next generation, that they're a blessing, that they're actually like a warrior would hold them, like, like full of your quiver, arrows ready to go. There's something so beautiful about that imagery. I think right now in this COVID season, like kids have sometimes felt really stressful, like really just hard. My kids, I love them. I love them so much. But for some reason in this whole season, Georgia and Bo, they just do not want to play well together. Like every time they play, it's a fight. Every time it's pulling up hair. Every time it's punching. I'm not, like it's, it's this difficult season where we've had to be like, do you guys hate each other? Like, do we need to have two different homes? That you, like it's, it's been really hard. Children, it's been difficult. Parents, I, my heart goes out to you, parents. Specifically for one moment, let me speak to you, parents. Like my heart goes out to you. I think early on in this whole season, I, I, I called someone to see how they're just checking in on them. And I, I found someone other, on the other end of the line, excuse me, who, who is a single mom, just working as hard as she could, two different jobs, 
trying to fight, trying to keep work, trying to be able to provide for her children. And I just, my heart just sank and it broke. And my heart has been continuing to be there just to, to pray for families, to pray for the family of five or six who just had a new baby, who had to go in that hospital room and, and, and actually be distant from their husband or, or wife or whatever it may be because they could not be in because of COVID. My heart goes out to the single parents who are just working their tail off to provide to the blended family who, who's trying to figure out this whole new process of life and when do we see who and how do we do that in bubbles and who are you seeing? To the young adult who maybe got separated from parents because, because of health concerns and, and different things that they had to take care of. Or we could not even just have dinner with mom and dad because we were worried about, again, health concerns. My heart goes out to you, to the couple that wants to start a family but is worried to do it in this COVID era. Can I just encourage you parents for one minute? God sees you. He really does. Please hear it. Don't just hear it from me. Don't hear it like you always hear it. God sees you. You're doing an awesome job. Keep relying on Jesus. Let him be the source of your strength that every diaper you change, every, every tear you wipe away, every meal that you're making, moms and dads alike, keep going. Keep trusting him because these kids are not a burden to you, they're a blessing. I know it's easy for me to say from a pulpit through a camera, I get it, but I really believe that when family's done right, it's meant to be a blessing and not a burden to you. That again, hear, hear the words one more time, picture the imagery, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, a quiver full of them, they will not be ashamed. You'll be so confident that you can walk up to your enemy at the gate knowing what you have, that the heritage that's coming but after you is something so much greater. I even believe that there are parents out there that maybe didn't have the parents or the, the father figure or the mother figure that they wanted to or expected to have, but you actually get to be now the new line that's drawn in the sand, that you actually get to now set in motion generations and generations and generations to come that will follow the Lord, that will make a difference in their city, that you now are they're going to be that grandma way in the time later on that get to say, yeah, my grandma used to pray for me. Yeah, my grandma's the one that became a Christian. Yeah, it's my grandpa that led us or my grandma that led us in a direction and a way that paved trust on Jesus and not trust in materials. No matter who you may be or where you may have come from, God sees you. You're not alone in this fight. We just have to trust him. We just have to rely on him. We just have to lean on him. And for those who maybe are watching, Maybe you don't have a family necessarily in, in the regular way we'd say it. Or maybe you're, maybe, you're just, maybe you're just starting a family. Maybe you just got married. Maybe, who knows where you Maybe you're a single young adult watching. I want you to know that there is a family you're part of. One, of course you have your first family, but of course, it's the family of God. This is the whole picture. This is how God has set this up. This isn't just a cliche thing that churches have done so no one feels alone. I hope you understand that. This, there's doctrine around the, the, like the theology that we are part of the family of God, that through adoption, we are now in God's family, that we become sons and daughters, heirs of the most high, that we are citizens of heaven. This is not just a cliche thing that hopefully gets a little quote on, on Pinterest. This is something real that should speak to you right now wherever you're at. That if you're feeling alone and isolated, that if you feel far away, you're always welcome here. You're always allowed to be a part here. You're al we always want you to know that you're accepted, that we see you, that we're for you, and that God sees you. I wanna pray with you. I wanna pray right now that no matter where you may be, whoever you may be, that you can be a part of the family of God, that we can be a part of this, this quiver, this army 
for Jesus, moving for him in purpose, in tandem with him, however he would ask us to go. Let me pray that you would understand that there is a place for you here, that he loves you, that he's for you, that he died for you, and that you don't have to keep going your own way, but you can actually be a part of the family of God. Let's pray. Jesus, I just ask right now that whoever may be watching would know that there's a God who sees them, that loves them, that there's a father who can never go wrong by them, that, that, that wants them to join the family. And so for that person who has been distant for a long time or who's felt like maybe a failure of a father or mother in themselves or felt like they haven't upheld to the standard of their parents, whatever it may be, God, you know our past, but you also bring in our future. God, I pray that you would bring faith to homes right now, faith to hearts right now. God, I ask for that person who feels that they've sinned too much or they've made too many mistakes to be loved by you, would you come into their life right now? God, I pray for that person who really just wants to be a part of something special, be a part of the family of God. Would they accept you, Lord? I ask that we would repent, God, of our sins, that we would turn away from our past life and we would come running to your arms, Jesus. God, you have hope right now. You have, you have faith right now for people. You have love for right now. You have grace upon grace and mercy for every person watching. So Jesus, I just pray that we would accept it, that we would turn from relying on our own strength and we would turn to be relying on you. God, I pray that we would accept you as our savior, that we would look to you now, Jesus. In our own words, we say, God, I wanna follow you. Be in my heart, be in my life. I wanna be a part of the family. I wanna be your son, I wanna be your daughter. And God, we know that there's a resounding yes to that prayer. There's a resounding amen. Yes, hallelujah, welcome in. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your ministering right now in our hearts. We love you, amen. I wanna encourage you right now. If you just prayed that prayer, if you prayed a prayer like it that said, I wanna rely on you. I wanna trust you, Jesus. I wanna be a part of the family of God. I would encourage you to do one of two things. Text the number that's gonna come on the screen right now. It's a number, and there's someone on the other end of that, it's a pastor, one of our team members. We wanna have a conversation with you. Don't just take one step, take another. What would it look like to have a conversation with someone about the prayer that you just prayed and how that gets to really positively affect and determine a new direction in your life? Maybe, maybe you wanna just click the button that's gonna come up as a prompt right now on Church Online that you wanna say, I just made a decision. I just accepted Jesus into my life. I just made him the center of my life. Come on, somebody, go ahead and click that button. Maybe you wanna ask for prayer right now. Go ahead, ask for prayer, but take a step towards Jesus because I promise you right now, he's taking a step towards you. We love you, church. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's sing together. Woo!